Episode number five, Persistence, the difference between success and failure. Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. Okay, so I kind of touched on it in the last episode that I hadn't talked about uh, investing yet, and I've promised now that the next episode will be my first topic on investing. But before I do, I've got one last kind of crucial topic that I'd like to cover, uh, which is just on the the general trait of uh, being persistent. And it's something which I've been reading a little bit about recently. I've been reading a book called Think and Grow Rich, which is a 1930s book uh, from a guy called Napoleon Hill. And it's just, um, I guess it's clarified some of the stuff that I think you need to do when you're trying to be financially independent. So I'm going to touch on that in this episode. Before I do, I guess I wanted to make a further point from the last episode, just in relation to owning your own business. And I guess I thought about this because, you know, being from New Zealand, a good chunk of my friends in New Zealand own their own business outside of having a normal job. And that's partly because the cost of living in New Zealand is just so expensive. And generally the wages aren't that good. So, I mean, the wages on average are, are worse than what you get in Ireland. If you're one of those Irish people that I, that I hear often complaining about cost of living in Ireland, go and spend some time in New Zealand or Australia and you might come back to Ireland with a very different uh, <laughs> thought on it. Because, uh, yeah, it really is expensive down under. I guess I just want to get across the point that owning a business, the mindset that I try to have when I'm owning a business, is I see it like an investment. Ideally, I don't want to be having to do the work, or I don't want to be in a situation where I have to do work in the business for it to make money. The best businesses run without you. And effectively, what you're trying to do as a business owner is you're trying to build a system that ultimately runs without you needing to actually you know, be involved. I don't want to get into too much detail about it, but I just wanted to make that point clear that um, you know, when you're thinking about a business, have a think how that business could actually be a business system that doesn't necessarily need you to be running it to make it a success. Back to today's topic. Yeah, I'm going to talk about persistence and the importance of persistence and how that kind of ties into success and failure. And I'm going to reference some stories that I've heard along the way, but also some stories from my own experience, just try and get my point across. And the reason that I want to mention this is because financial independence is very much a long game objective you are going to find that you're going to invest in things that you shouldn't have invested in. I've certainly had my fair share of bad investments. Uh, I've lost a lot of money along the way. I'm still up overall, but there's certainly lessons that I've had to learn the hard way. I think for a lot of people, they would just give up at the first, um, you know, the first time something goes wrong or the first time the market turns against them or something like that. And the reason I'm trying to introduce this episode before jumping into the investing side is because I want you to have it in your mind that you're not going to give up at the first sign of um, some sort of failure along the way, because they certainly will happen. And one of the stories that is actually in Think and Grow Rich, one of them in the first chapter, is a story called Three Feet from Gold. And it's about a gentleman that buys a gold mine, I think it's in California, this is back in, uh, in the early 1900s, he's mining and he strikes gold. And I think they describe it as a vein of gold that goes down, and you know, the assumption is, is that it's going to go down into a massive pile of gold. So yeah, he's pretty happy that he struck it rich. And he spends the next three weeks following this vein until eventually he loses it. Alas, no matter how hard he tries, he just can't find it. I don't quite know the technical ins and outs of it, but we can assume that he's pretty upset. He's looking around for this gold and uh, he's just lost the trail of it effectively. He eventually gives up 
and he sells the, the plot to somebody else. First thing that the new owner does of the plot is he gets an engineer in, and of course it's California, right, where there's lots of earthquakes, and the engineer basically says, yeah, there's probably been an earthquake here, and it's probably moved about three feet. And sure enough, they uh, dig three feet to the left, or whatever it is, and boom, they strike the gold, and the new owner becomes uh, rich overnight. But the story isn't actually about the new owner, it's about the guy that sold the plot. And the story goes that he, you know, took that on the chin, he was pretty upset about it for a long time, but he still managed to go on and find his own path to riches in the long run. So very much this case of success follows, you know, it seems to follow people. And you look at some of the, the best entrepreneurs, Richard Branson's an example. I mean, he was bankrupt, I think, twice, put in jail for tax evasion when he was young. You know, these guys that sort of come back and they just keep making money along the way, but there has to be something else to it. And for me, it's that ability just to um, have persistence and that desire to, to not give up and just to keep going. So what I want you guys to start thinking about, and this is really the, the point I'm trying to get across, is that often success is just one step away from failure. And in fact, often you need to go through many failures until you find success. And the best example that I could find was Thomas Edison. So Thomas Edison was the inventor of the, the light bulb. He was also the founder of General Electric, which is still a top 30 company in the US today. In fact, I think of the original top 30 companies in the Dow, General Electric, I believe, is the only one, although Ford Motor Company might be up there too. But um, even way, you've had 28 or 29 companies die, and General Electric is still there. But Thomas Edison himself, I mean, his teachers told him when he was at school that he was too stupid to learn anything. And he was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. You know, so as an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. And when he was asked by a reporter, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. So Edison really, for me, I mean, it's the greatest example of somebody who just kept persisting and he just didn't accept failure. And every time there was failure, he took it as a learning curve and yeah, learned something from it and then moved on to help him eventually find success rather than just giving up. And so for me, the difference between success and failure will be determined by your persistence. So when it comes to financial independence, don't be fooled in thinking that it's going to take a couple of years because it's going to take a lot longer than that. And I certainly had a situation last year where I thought I'd found some sort of holy grail, but it turned out to be, I guess, a little bit of a booby trap, if you like. It was my experience in the Manage 4X game. So this was very early on last year. It was May last year. And I guess I wanted to try and find something in the cryptocurrency space. I had invested in some cryptocurrency and I guess I just felt like it wasn't a great buy and hold strategy. The problem for me with crypto is it doesn't actually do anything, right? Whereas at least with shares, you can, you know, while you're holding them, you're at least earning dividends. So I wanted to find some sort of company that was trading uh, cryptos and, and other things in the hope that I could actually make some money from somebody else physically trading uh, an asset class. And I found this company called Blue Trading. And in fairness, they weren't that difficult to find because they were on Google AdWords advertising <laughs> pretty heavily. I kind of took it as some sort of, well, gee whiz, how lucky am I to find these guys? And it wasn't until later that I realized I'd just fallen for their trap. But they were trading cryptocurrency. They were also trading commodities and they were trading uh, Forex as well. They had, had what looked like a four-year history. For the inexperienced investor, it was very difficult to find anything or any reason why not to invest with them. Based on now almost two years of investing, I can see now that uh, I made some real critical mistakes even you know, thinking about putting money in there. But uh, either way, I eventually invested the, the minimum of three grand under the assumption that, well, I don't want to 
miss out on their promised returns of between 10 and 20% per month, right? So we're talking massive returns and that I, quote, couldn't help myself, unquote. I invested the three grand and that month they returned 20% and yeah, everything seemed amazing. All of a sudden, I just threw diversity out of my portfolio. I mean, this is very early on in my investing days. I, I didn't have a very diverse portfolio at this stage, but I basically thought, right, well, let's just invest more and more and more into blue trading because if we can get these returns, I can fast track my way to financial independence. So yeah, I did. And I invested about 12,500 with this company. And yep, they kept making 10 to 20% returns per month. And before I knew it, I had an account size of over 24,000. By this stage, I was really starting to think, right, I do need to start taking up my initial capital, ideally. So I did, and I, I started making regular withdrawals. And it wasn't until the end of October that I was kind of looking around and doing some reviews in the forums. And I saw that uh, things had changed quite dramatically from a few months before, where you know everything was peachy a few months before. And now all of a sudden, there were a few issues with uh, some of the regulators saying, basically warning UK and Irish customers, don't invest with this company, Blue Trading. They aren't regulated. And in fairness, they didn't give too much away. They basically just said, stay away. But in the meantime, I had been looking around at other Forex investments and I kind of realized I wanted to diversify and find another company like Blue Trading if I could. And I found a company called Algotex that was basically saying that they had an automated trading system. What I realized from them was that the setup they had was quite different to Blue Trading. It seemed a lot more real. They had third-party applications. You could actually see the trades where Blue Trading you couldn't. I kind of started to realize that maybe blue trading wasn't all that it seemed to be and I kind of actually started to make the assumption that blue trading might be a Ponzi scheme. So in November I actually pulled out all my money from blue trading and you know from my side it was good because I'd at least made money I'd kind of doubled my investment in a very short time so that was great. Um, but lo and behold come February of 2019 blue trading went bust and you know it was fairly obvious that it was actually a Ponzi scheme. I had been lucky enough to get out of the whole investment, but I was very, very lucky to not only have got my capital back, but also some profit, but a lot of people lost a lot of money because they had invested at the wrong time. You typically say I'm fairly careful with these things. I had kind of been blindsided by the fact that uh, the profit seemed too good and I was keen to take advantage of the profits without actually worrying about the biggest thing that you should be worrying about as an investor, which is protecting your capital. In the meantime, everything in Algotex seemed to be good, I continued to try and diversify. This was now kind of getting into December. And I found a trader. He was based in Cyprus. He was originally from the UK. He seemed like he knew what he was doing. So I got him to help me set up an account and he traded on my behalf. And I also found another trader in New York. And again, he had a bit of a trading history. Sounded like he knew what he was doing. So I got each trader to, to trade an account. Well, one guy was trading an account of about two and a half grand. The other guy was trading an account of five grand. Everything was technically legit. You know, the trades were actually happening. They'd recommended me a good broker for me and I was able to watch what they were doing. But lo and behold, in December, the guy in America, the Russian trader, he just did some stupid stuff. And yeah, one Monday morning, the account just blew up. He traded on something and the market went the wrong way. I basically lost five grand in one morning. And I quickly realized that he wasn't the guy who I'd hoped he was. He wasn't the experienced trader that I hoped he was. And when I did more research on it, I realized that I had jumped the gun and maybe panicked a little bit. That was a hard lesson to learn. But at the same time, one of the things that kind of impressed me from that experience is I didn't let it ruin my day. And I know that that kind of sounds strange, but I didn't feel emotionally connected to the money. It was obviously upsetting that the money was gone. But one of the things about investing, and I'm going to expand on this more in the next episode, is that when I invest, I see the money is gone anyway. It's like investing is no different from buying something. Once you buy, a, say, a car or, you know, some sort of nice luxury, 
that money is no longer gone, the item is no longer worth as much as it was. So with investing, it's kind of a similar mindset. Like when I invest in something, I see the money is gone. Yes, if I sold the investment, I'll get my money back or maybe more money, which is great. But what I'm ultimately trying to get from that investment is the monthly income that it earns. So in this case, what I really lost was the potential for the monthly income. So let's say that that was going to be 1%, then losing a five grand investment, I really lost 50 euros a month. That was kind of how I saw it, but I also just saw it as a massive learning curve and I'd done some silly things. So I quickly pulled back all the money from the investments. I still kept AlgoTax and unfortunately for AlgoTax, that actually turned out to be a scam as well. So I actually lost that money in about April of 2019 and come January of 2019, I knew that it was a scam. Again, you know, this is bad stuff, right? I mean, this is, this is failure after failure in the managed Forex game. And I think many people would have, at this stage, taken everything on the chin and, and moved out of the, uh, of the asset class. But I kind of saw it as getting more knowledge along the way here. And I'm starting to recognize scams from legit things. Um, I'm starting to understand how the market works. And my favorite part was that, the, you know, I had an account blew up and I didn't seem to get that upset about it. It was like, right, well, that's part of the game and let's move on. You know, this whole time while this has been happening, I'd been kind of, you know, looking for new traders and just trying to get as much uh, information as I could. But because of the Cypress trader, he happened to have a Facebook page and I was on his Facebook page one time and lo and behold, it popped up another Facebook page for another trader and he was actually a trader based in Ireland. You know, I saw that and I started following this particular guy. I realized, that, yeah, this guy was a real deal. He had a uh, four-year trading history. He had over or oh, close to two million US dollars in his fund that he was trading. I was able to watch his trades just to see how he basically did it. And I watched his trades for six months and I talked to him on the phone a couple of times and I got to kind of stress test his own system because I could see when things were going against him, how he handled that. Uh, and I got very comfortable with how he handled that. And I'm very happy with the results so far. And I'm fairly confident that he's going to deliver the sort of returns that I need. Yeah, going back to the Thomas Edison story that I wouldn't have found him and I wouldn't have actually got this far with this if I hadn't had those original failures. And yes, those original failures, you know, they hurt. But at the same time, I'm a little bit up in the whole thing because getting money out of the blue trading was great and I lost some money in the other stuff. But I'm not bankrupt from the whole thing. And the other lessons I've kind of learned from this is I've now diversified my portfolio. So I'm investing no more than 5% in managed Forex. So yes, it's a risky investment. But at the same time, even if this trader would lose everything, it would be a case where I would still be up for the year because I'm typically returning 12% a year. So, you know, 12 minus 5, we're talking still a 7% return, which is pretty good. Again, this is uh, kind of the, the discipline that you get from learning and, and for the failures that I've had from this stuff. Had I been a little bit less experienced as I was last year, I may have gone, oh, geez, this guy's just returned, you know, 5% this month. I'm not going to go and chunk 50% of my portfolio in there. But I feel like, you know, from experience, I, I now know a little bit wiser. So what's the lesson that I hope that you take away from this? Well, I mean, firstly, you know, when you're out there and you're going to start investing, you're going to find all sorts of opportunities and some of them are going to seem amazing and some of them you're going to jump on where maybe you shouldn't. As much as you think that you're not going to lose money and you're not going to get scammed when you're investing, chances are at some point it is going to happen to you. And even if you decide, right, I'm only going to invest in shares or in the S&P 500 or something like that, at some point the market's going to turn against you. You're going to be on this emotional roller coaster where maybe you're panicking and maybe you think it's time to sell and, you know, you think, you think everything, you know, the, the sky is falling, so to speak. But it's going to ultimately come down to you and your decision making on how good an investor you are. Because this stuff isn't easy. You know, you, you'll get all this advice to say, don't sell and hold and, you know, just don't get caught up in it. 
but uh, when you actually start seeing it and you start do getting caught up in it, it is hard and you do make silly decisions because you're in panic mode. Part of my reason for hoping to help you with this podcast is to kind of steer the ship a little bit because last year was hard for me and there were many nights where I was losing sleep on this stuff where when I look back, I should have just slept like a baby and not worried about it. So I just want you to start thinking about this as kind of a a bit of a disclaimer before you start investing that this is going to test your emotions and this is going to make you feel things that maybe you didn't expect to feel or that that you didn't realize was was going to happen. And I guess, you know, kind of back to the, the whole topic that your ability to be financially independent really comes down to one thing and that's your ability to be persistent. I mean, if you're the sort of person that can set a goal and you're happy to just see it through and just keep going until you, until it happens, then it will happen. Back in 2010, I weighed in at over 102 kilos and I set a goal of losing 20 kilos and within six months I'd done it. And thankfully today I've still kept the weight off, which is great. But that was, for me, that was probably the hardest thing that I've actually had to do. It was so difficult to keep the persistence up to not actually give in. And there were so many times where I wanted to give in. And for me, I'm fairly confident of my ability to be financially independent because I'm going to take what I learned from losing weight and try and apply it to to the way I spend and manage my money. Yes, it's difficult. I've I've touched on this before. It is very difficult to constantly be watching your money and trying to control your money. But it is very similar to trying to lose weight. And it's just a matter of being persistent and knowing what the goal is ultimately. And just constantly not giving in and not having those slippages, which are so easy to find along the way. So yeah, hopefully this has been of some help in terms of, you know, the mindset that you're going to need when, when becoming an investor and to trying to uh, become financially independent. You're just going to have to go out there and, and ultimately make it work. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Have you started investing in peer-to-peer lending yet? Peer-to-peer lending is a great asset class that gives you regular monthly cash flow. Come along to a free webinar where I explain how you can get started in peer-to-peer lending, as well as sharing the peer-to-peer lending platforms that I use. Visit www.firepodcast.ie and click on the events tab for more information. The link will also appear in the show notes.